Praise the Lord. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time. I want to give acknowledgement to Pastor Larry, to the First Lady, the whole congregation. Thank you for having me. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Sister Layla, because it's hard. It is hard coming up here. So <laughs> I, I, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I'm right there with you. Um, before we get into it, I just want to give a quick little prayer, then I'm jump straight in. Um, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to come and fellowship in your name. We pray that the word that you have sent to somebody's heart. We pray that it brings someone into relationship with you, and we pray that it helps someone who is already in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so if you're taking notes and you like me and you want to know what the topic is, we're talking about being Christ-like for the kingdom. Um, and if you're big on fancy titles, we're going with the sacrificial nature of Christ. Sacrificial nature of Christ. You know. And um, just so everyone is together, we're all on the same page, I'm going to start with some background, give some biblical grounding. Um, then I'm going to move on to what I call the breakdown, which is how do we apply that to our life. Um, then move to why is... Why is sacrifice important? Why is the sacrificial nature of Christ important? Um, and then lastly, we're going to talk about some challenges and takeaways because I don't want us to walk away thinking everything is going to be a cakewalk. All righty, so we're going to get straight into it. Um, and just a little bit of a context, um, I've been putting this together over some time as a series, um, and so now I'm bringing it together as a sermon, so it might be a little dense, but I won't be long, but I will take my time. Amen? All righty. So um, I got a couple scriptures to get us started. The first is Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The next is Hebrews 13 and 16. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And lastly, we got 1 Peter 2 and 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also, some say some versions say sacrifice, some say suffered. Either is cool. Um, we're going to go with sacrifice for this one, but... You have been called because Christ also sacrificed for you, leaving an example. So there is a way to follow in his footsteps and that we may follow in his footsteps. Amen. So what is a sacrifice? What does it mean to make a sacrifice? What did Jesus sacrifice? We know he gave his life. And what's the relationship between sacrifice and being Christ-like? Well, let's talk about it. A sacrifice is an offering, something you give up. Not only is it just any old offering, it's an offering of something precious. The bottom of the barrel, the cream of the crop is your first, it's not your last. It expresses devotion and gratitude. When you make a sacrifice, you're saying, I appreciate you, God. You're saying, thank you. I know that's you looking out for me. 
I notice you holding me down. Let me demonstrate that. Let me demonstrate my knowledge by sacrificing. And lastly, it's a necessary aspect of one's relationship with God. That means once you are in relationship with God, or you have a relationship with God, in order for that relationship to continue, in order for your relationship to grow, we have to sacrifice. We have to sacrifice. So then let's go back to one of the earlier questions I posed. What did Jesus sacrifice? Let's get into it. Off the top, it's pretty obvious, right? We know that um, he gave up his life at the end of it all at Calvary. But what else? What about during the period of his life? Jesus didn't have any partners. Never was married. Didn't have any children. He worked. He gave up the fame. Jesus didn't socialize. Now, we do have an account of him at a wedding, but he was performing a miracle. He was on the clock. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? The brother's sacrificing. When y'all go to weddings, when we go to weddings, we ain't working. This brother's working. He's giving up his time. Jesus did not indulge. He did not spend his time fortifying his personal interests. Everything he did was for others, other people. He sacrificed that. Here your possessions. We know that Jesus didn't have no whip. He ain't had no crib. He ain't had no ice. He could have, though. He could have had all that. He's the son of God. You feel me? He's the king of kings. But he didn't have anything. He gave all that up. He sacrificed all those things. He always sacrificed his emotions and his feelings, put everyone before himself. And as we know, he laid down his physical body and his life for each and every one of us in this room, for people he had people who hadn't been born yet, people that, you know, we never will come in contact with, but he knew, he thought about, and he laid down his life for them. Um, if you take a note, it might be something you want to write down. The life of sacrifice that Jesus lived was a means to an end for us to be saved. If Jesus did not live that life of sacrifice, we would not have salvation. So none of those sacrifices he made were in vain. Each and every one contributed to us having our salvation. Now, what does that have to do with us? How do we apply this to our life? So, again, we're talking about the topic is the Christ-like, being Christ-like for the kingdom. And there are a number of characteristics that make up the nature of Christ. Sacrifice, however, is the interwoven thread that holds together all of the Christ-like characteristics, meaning that each of the other characteristics require you to sacrifice, requires you to offer up something precious, requires you to relinquish something to God that expresses devotion and gratitude. Let's talk about it. The first, I would say, is corporate accountability. That means I got your back, you got my back. I look out for you, you look out for me. I stand by you, you stand by me. But the you and the me changes, right? That's my brother, my sister. But also the church and those who haven't made it inside the church yet. We have to see ourselves as accountable for their salvation as well as ours. It's corporate accountability, the same way Christ did. That, right, what you got Relinquish, give up your security and your own self-interest. 
You can't just think, I'm saved, so I'm good. I'm comfortable. I'm chilling. You got to think, who else is out there? Who hasn't had an introduction to Christ yet? How can God use me in that way? And that's a sacrifice, because you could be chilling in the crib, but you out the field. That's real. That's real. Um, for the next part, I'm going to need a volunteer to pass out the situations for me. Yes. Um, so the next, the next characteristic is I have, a, I have a term that I've been using. It's not necessarily coined yet, but just bear with me. It's um, mustard seed faith. Hear me out. Just follow me. Um, when, we look at, when we look at the life of Christ, we saw that he experienced doubt. When he came back, his man's Thomas ain't believe him. He had to, you know, wanted to see the holes in his hands. He was betrayed by Judas, and which I just, I just really have to point out that that would have, that couldn't have been me. I, I don't know if I would have made it to the cross if Judas would have came to my dinner after I washed his feet and then betrayed me, just straight out and out. That would have been tough for me. But had that faith, he had that mustard faith. People lied on Jesus, you know, made up stuff, tried him, convicted him for things he did. And Jesus suffered. He did a lot of suffering. Jesus was able to get through all of those. He was able to persevere through all those obstacles. With, well, like I said, I'm trying to coin this term. But that mustard seed faith. And, um... Matthew 17 and 20 tells us why the mustard seed faith is important and what we can, what are we able to do with the mustard seed faith. I, want, I just want to wait till everybody has, a, has one before I move forward. Thank you to all the volunteers. I appreciate you. May I have one, please? May I have one, please? <laughs> Thank you. I think that's good. That's perfect. Mm. All right. Um, once everybody has this, can you just hold your palm out like this for me? All right. So Matthew 17 and 20, the disciples are having a bit of an issue. They're up the creek without a paddle. They in the streets. They trying to pray over somebody. They trying to get a get a demon out of them, and they are unsuccessful. And they come back to Jesus and they say, first of all, help us out. <laughs> Can you get us through this one?" And Jesus, you know, does what he does. And then secondly, they say, "Well, Jesus." Why were we not able to persevere through that obstacle? Why were we not able to get over that challenge? He said, because you lack faith. Now listen to this. He said, because you do not lack faith. And the faith of mustard seeds, the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Now think about this. Look at your hand. This is a mustard seed. This is all the faith 
that he requires of us. This is all that he asks of us, to persevere through those lies, through that doubt, through those betrayals, when we come up against them challenges. This is all the faith we need. Yes, it's a sacrifice. We got to give it up. But this is all we got to give up. Now, what I want us to think about is the disciples. They was out there doing the Lord's work without this much faith. Now, they had Jesus right there. They lived with the brother, and they had that much faith. <laughs> That's kind of crazy to me. But I want us to just think about this is what we have. This is how much faith Christ has to have in situations. Now, what do we have to give up? We have to relinquish our control and our dependence on the things that we see and understand. Because that's what makes things uncomfortable. That's why it feels like you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, that's why it feels like it might be tomorrow because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But that's what God is telling us. Just, just, just what Christ is telling us. Just give me this much faith. Just believe in me this much. Just trust that I got your back that much. And I promise you, you will persevere. Now, that's a lot. To, it's a lot to give up in terms of the flesh. That's the human, that part of it. But we're talking about being Christ-like nature, you feel me? So we got to look at it through that lens and just say, that ain't hardly anything. It's mustard seed. You can't even see. I was struggling trying to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that looked like it was on purpose, but I, I promise you, it wasn't. But, um, yeah, so we got to give up our, our control and dependence on the things we see and understand. The next characteristic is teaching. Christ was a teacher. He also was a mentor. Now, we don't see the word mentor in the um, Bible, but we do see the word teacher. Before Christ ascends back to heaven, one of the gifts he gives is the gift of teaching. And we talked about how the school year is coming back up. We all know, anybody that's in education, how much of a sacrifice that is. And the teacher isn't just necessarily the person in, the in front of the classroom. It's Anybody that's in the school building with something to offer to the young people. And we know that if you offer anything of benefit to the young people, that's going to be a sacrifice, <laughs> period. You're going to have to give up your time. You're going to have to give up your energy. You're going to have to give up your love. Um, a little bit about myself. You um, might saw me standing up when they asked for people who work in the schools to stand. I'm a math teacher by trade. I've been teaching for about 10 years, um, alternative schools. Um, and so the population that we engage the most is the term is at risk or um, high needs, you feel me? But a lot of times it's just us, our family, our community, you know, one another. And once you engage in that relationship of teaching with whoever, you have to understand that at some point in order for the relationship to be beneficial to them, you're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to sacrifice something of yourself. And it's the same thing Christ did with his disciples. Not only did he t teach them, he taught them how to teach to be like him. That's what I'm saying. Not only did he teach them, he taught them to teach others to be like him. You know what I mean? So I think about what he had to give up to do that. And so... And lastly, again, just to go back to, to the top, um, the top of this section of the breakdown, sacrifice is the interwoven thread that holds together all of the Christ-like characteristics. Corporate accountability, 
mustard seed faith, and teaching. And ultimately, a sacrifice requires you to relinquish anything that is a resource or could be resourceful to someone else, which may include your own life. And I want to stop right here for a second and talk about tithing. Tithing is hard. It's, it's tough, especially for, for us. <laughs> I mean, we know what's coming around on the 1st and the 15th. You feel me? <laughs> we already know we got the BGE. We got the food. We got the car payment. We got the insurance. Somebody going to need the whole something. Somebody needs some shoes. We knows this. You might need an oil change. You might need some brakes. Your mirror might get knocked off. Am I lying, Brother Larry? <laughs> My mirror just got knocked off, too. That's how I know. But even in the moments, we got to tithe, right? We have to give 10%. And it's a sacrifice, and it's tough, and it's hard, but it shows our devotion, and it shows our gratitude. And I know what you're thinking. That 10% could go to something else. But that's why it's an exercise of faith. You're telling God that I trust you more with this 10% than I do myself. Whatever I was going to do with it, whatever I'm going to miss out on, whatever the gap is, I trust that you're going to fill it. And I don't even have to think about it. And it's, it's an investment. And when you see that, and you see him do what he do, because he does it every single time, that grows your faith. And that helps you to do that better next time. So, you know, kick out your 10%. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I do it, you feel me, and I be... I'll be negotiating with him every time. How about nine and a half? <laughs> Can I give you seven and a half and give you the rest next week? You know, but you got to do it. You got to do it. We got to get that. We got to do that ten percent. And just something, just something else to think about. He is the one providing all of that in the first place. And more often than not, when you're in a position you're working for somebody, you usually only get to keep ten percent. He's telling you only give him 10%, you keep 90%. So, yeah, it's, it's tough and significant, you know, in terms of our worldly situation, but spiritually, no, it's insignificant. It's infinitesimal. All right, so why is sacrifice important? Why is the sacrifice, sacrificial nature of Christ important? For starters, what we are sacrificing, others get more out of than we do. If we hold on to it, you know, it's going to only go far as it's went already. When we pour out into others, when we sacrifice like Christ did, the person who we're pouring out into, that'll benefit them exponentially. Love and support requires contribution. You, got, you can't just talk about it, you got to be about it. You can't say we love the Lord, we love the church, we love the kingdom, we love our brothers and sisters, but we won't do anything and we won't give up anything. Christ said the church was his bride. He laid down his life for it, you know? I ain't necessarily telling you to lay down your life, but I'm saying you got to invest something. You have to make a sacrifice of some sort. There's a um, Coca-Cola commercial where there's a young lady. Um, she's, she helps out a brother who's in distress. And that small act of kindness sets off this chain of events where everybody else passes on the act of kindness. At the end, ultimately, who initiated the act of kindness gets the act of kindness repaid to them. But that's less of the point. More of the point is that people follow your example. And people, when I talk about people benefiting from your sacrifice, that's one of the ways they do. They get inspired. 
and they get motivated. And they say, okay, I can do that too. Next time I'm in that position, that's what I'll do. I'll follow that example. I'll help when I can help, even if that means I have to relinquish something, or even if I have to offer up something that's precious to me. And last but not least, we follow the example of Christ. We got to follow the example of Christ. As Christians, we're supposed to be Christ's light. We don't have any excuse because he lived a life that modeled the way we're supposed to live. So we must follow that example. And before I get out of here, like I said, I want to talk about the challenges and takeaways because I don't want us to think, I want us to feel good and go out there, let me go sacrifice. <laughs> then you run into that, you know, them obstacles. It's like, can't you say nothing about none of this. He just handed out mustard seeds and sent this out the door. <laughs> so for one, it is scary to sacrifice. The idea of going without or losing or not having is scary. It creates anxiety and anxiousness in, in your mind and your stomach. I always get tummy aches, personally, when I think about, like, I'm going to have to give up something. But it's a small, it's a small uncomfortability to endure and overcome. Sacrifices, especially made over time, take a tremendous toll. A tremendous toll. Think about how many people you've loaned $5 to. Or think about how many times you've asked to borrow one, asked to borrow $5 from the same person. No, that $5, that one time, you know, whatever, but over time. And don't get me started if you ain't paid back. But the, the point is, over, over time, as we make sacrifices, it takes more and more out of us. That's part of why it's important for us to come to church and fellowship together so we can be restored and, you know, refilled and refreshed and re-energized to continue doing that work. Um, this is really important. There's not always a return on your investment when you sacrifice. There's not always a return on your investment when you sacrifice. And you could be giving it all you got. You could be pouring out everything. It just doesn't necessarily, it's not in God's will for things to move at that time the way you see it. But that don't mean stop sacrificing. That don't mean stop investing. That just means, you know, it's out of your control. And that is, again, scary to think about. But part of what we are relinquishing is our control and dependence on things we see and understand. Sacrifice is painful and uncomfortable, period. It just hurts, and it doesn't feel good. Especially as a believer, we're talking about a lifelong commitment. So there's no like, well, one of these days I'll be done sacrificing. <laughs> I'll have completed, you know, my, my mission in terms of living a life like Christ that was of a sacrificial nature. I mean, you will, but then you'll be moving on to the next life. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... You have to embrace that. You have to accept that and say, okay, this is, I'm in this for the long haul. But again, that's a challenge. Um, it's inconsistent with the idealized version of being a Christian. A lot of times, we, you know, since Christ paid the price already and we got baptized and we show up, then we good. But it's deeper than that. We have to sacrifice. As I mentioned before, it's a necessary aspect of one's relationship with God. So no matter how long you've been in a relationship with him or how long you've known him, you have to sacrifice. 
And like I said, it doesn't always feel good, and it's not always how we see the Christian experience. All right. Now, these, this is a, these are takeaways, not challenge. So, two takeaways. We must be Christ-like and sacrifice because all of the elements of the Christ-like nature are essential for a healthy, functioning kingdom. All of the elements of a Christ-like nature are essential for a healthy, functioning kingdom. And lastly, ultimately, ultimately, in all of this, to be Christ-like is to live a life of sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen.